0: I didn't want to be the person that walked out on the marriage. I didn't want to be the person that filed for divorce. Probably one of the popular questions I get on social media sometimes is, did your wife leave you? You know, a lot of times you're telling everybody like, go no contact, go no contact. But like, did your wife actually leave you? And the answer is yes, my wife did leave. And a lot of people ask and they wonder about how that transpired, what was going on. Well, I want to be able to talk to you about that today and kind of open up, kind of share a little bit of what transpired, what happened, what led up to it, different things like that. And yeah. That's what it is, okay? If you guys are new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this platform, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, as Raw Motivations. So if you're listening on the podcast, follow on any of those. would love to be able to interact with you, catch you on a live, be able to help with any aspect. Um, I'm on this platform for awareness, growth, healing, and change to try to tell people what narcissism is but then also help them grow, heal, and change so they get away from their narcissist, so they don't get with the narcissist, and so they find themselves. They take back their power. They change their story. They change their life. And we do that on a day-to-day basis by dropping the nuggets of truth, by interacting on YouTube, on the different platforms, by doing one-on-ones with people all across the globe that are stuck in these abusive relationships and don't know how to get out and don't know how to heal. And that's the goal. That's why we're here. So A lot of people ask about this. So my wife has been in therapy about twice as long as I have. And she was in therapy, like, in the marriage and for a long period of time. So at the time of this recording, we're talking, like... I've been in therapy for like 17 months. So she's been in therapy for like three-ish years um, of several different types of therapy. EMDR was a big one in her in, in her journey. Um, also just like talk therapy. EMDR is in my journey as well. Um, a couple things is just along the lines of like therapy was huge. She's a big advocate of therapy. She still goes not as often, not like regular as much. I still go regular, um, but she's at a different place in her healing journey where she has like check-ins and different things that she does that helps her heal growth, and change. Um, A couple things that she would suggest for people that are asking, because a lot of people ask, like, what would she recommend? One, she recommends therapy. Um, Two, uh, one of the books, two of the books that really helped her on her journey was one called The Body Keeps the Score. So check that out. It's called The Body Keeps the Score. And also, Forgiving What You Can't Forget. Forgiving What You Can't Forget. Some of those were influential in her healing and in her growth that she wanted me to share with you guys as well. Well, in the marriage, my wife had gotten to the place where she had gotten frustrated, upset with how I was treating her, rightly so, because of the abusive nature of narcissism, narcissistic abuse. And so there'd been many times that she'd threatened to leave. And, you know, I didn't really take it seriously. I was just like, come on, like, this is ridiculous. You're not going to leave me. It was something that I didn't think was going to happen in my mind. Sometimes I get to the place where it'd feel like it was like threatened. I would throw it back in her face, like all different types of stuff like this. But I was like, this isn't going to happen. I know I got to the place several times where I just got, like, pissed off. I was like, either do it or don't, but, like, I don't really care anymore. And I would, like, disconnect from it because I didn't. And I was like, this is dumb. Like, I hate this, but I wouldn't leave. All I wanted at that time was her to leave. But there's multiple times that she would either threaten to do it or that she would actually leave. And sometimes she would leave and then come back later that day or she'd leave and come back like a day later or something like that. And in my mind, it started building up this idea of like, she's not going to leave. Like, it doesn't really matter what I do, what I say. It's not going to change anything. So in my mind, that meant everything else was acceptable. The, the cheating was acceptable. The lying was acceptable. Anything like that was acceptable because it didn't really change my circumstances. It didn't really change either what I was going through, what I was dealing with or anything like that. It didn't change it. So then what's the point? So then for me, having her like stay, come back, all those types of things didn't really have any effect on my behavior because I knew she wasn't going to leave. That's what I knew in my mind. I thought maybe, um, maybe that she would. So I wouldn't. Oh, okay. So maybe she would. I have notes to like keep me on track. I thought maybe she would. And then I was like hopeful. I was like, okay, maybe this time she's going to leave. Like she packed her stuff. Like she got in the car, she drove off. And I'm like, maybe this is it. Like there was that anticipation of like, maybe this is actually going to happen. But the goal of it, the thought behind it was that she leaves because I didn't want to look like the bad guy. I didn't want to be the person that walked out on the marriage. I didn't want to be the person that filed for divorce. I didn't want to be the person that actually did those things because one, I didn't think that I like had the right to because I, I was the one that did everything that was wrong. So if she wanted to leave, she could leave. I was like twisting it around, justifying it in my mind. And then two, I didn't want to look bad to other people. I didn't want to look bad to my, my work. I didn't want to look bad to my family. Didn't want to look bad in like the church setting. Like I wanted to look like I was the one that was getting abused like i was the one that tried i was the one that stayed like i was the one that showed up every night like i came home all those different types of things i wanted to be the one that was still constant in there and that she was the one that left and i would use that a lot of times i would leverage that with new supply with other people with trying to explain like woe is me because like my marriage is so awful because i was making it so awful but the goal and the thought and the hope behind there was like maybe she's actually leaving this time so that I can do what I want and not look bad in the process. Oftentimes there was like a concern in her mind and something that she struggled with because she wanted to be with me. Of what if I leave and he just goes with someone else? What if I leave and he gets involved in another relationship? What if I leave and he starts cheating again? And she had to kind of face the fact of like, what if you stay and he continues doing that because he's been doing that for all this time. I remember people like giving her this advice and it's like, you can't stay in a relationship hoping that you're going to keep this person from cheating. You're going to keep this person from stepping out or you're going to keep this person like being nice or being loving to you because they haven't demonstrated that. And at that point there was something like in her mind that was like, but I don't know. And then she had to get to the place of those saying like, okay, like, if I'm, if I'm staying here, he's going to continue doing what he's going to do. If I leave, he might continue doing what he's going to do. But then I can work on my healing, growth, and change. I can focus on me. And so she made that decision to leave. Some people ask, like, why didn't I leave? Um, I remember there was one time in the relationship that uh, I did, like, try to leave. And I made, like, a giant scene about it. Uh, it was, like, a lot of yelling, a lot of pissed off stuff. I was kind of, like, running around the house, like, throwing stuff in a bag. And there's two things that was going on there. Um, one of it is the beginning part of that discussion, that argument was actually done um, as a display because it was in front of two other supplies at the time. So there was a total of four people in the house. Um, I don't think Sophia was born at this time. Um, there's four people in the house, and one was me, one was my wife, and then two other people. And those people were there um, for that period of time, and I was kind of blowing up and like showing like, fine, I'll just leave. The second thing is I was leveraging the fact that like I was saying like, Hey, I'm going to go live in my car. I wasn't going to go spend money on a place. I wasn't going to do that. I still had to go to work, you know, throughout the week and things like that. So I was like, I'll just stay at my car, get a gym membership. I can go to the gym, you know, wash up there whatever. And, you know, that was my, that was my plan. And so, like, one, it was very triggering because it was in front of other people. And two, it was also very triggering because my wife didn't want me to live in a car. Like, the empathetic part was, like, coming out of, like, no, I don't want you to do that. Like, you know, all that kind of stuff. So there was, like, at least one time that I recall that I kind of threw it out there and was, like, ready to do it. Um, But it was also kind of, like, a big ploy. So there's the aspect of she finally left. One, it was kind of a surprise. Like, I didn't think it was actually going to happen. Uh, She ended up uh, actually taking a job in another state and packed up everything. At that point, packed up everything, took our daughter and left. It was a surprise. There was part of it for a moment that was almost like a relief of like, okay, like we've gone through that. It's final. Like I actually know what's happening. And then there's an aspect of like, okay, like what do I do now? Who do I call next? Who do I go to now? Who do I talk to? Like the mind was always thinking forward. Of like, let me go ahead and call someone now. Let me go ahead and hang out with someone else. Let me go ahead and... There's always thinking like, what's next? Not about what was here. And not about the moment of what I caused. When she left, there was two things, two aspects in my mind. One was the loss of control. The loss of control of the situation. But half of that too was control of the situation because of the fact that I made her leap because I made her leave, then it meant in my mind I could paint myself out to be the good guy. I could paint myself out to be, I'm the person who still stayed and she's the one that left. And then there's the second aspect of I just didn't care. At that point, I didn't care what was going on. I didn't care about changing. I didn't care about what she was doing. I just cared that like I was like out. I was like, sweet, now I can do what I want. Main reason why I was thinking that was because I was the most important thing. Like, there wasn't anything else in life in those moments that mattered except me. That's all the perspective that I was putting on. Answer a little bit earlier, why didn't I divorce her? One, I didn't want to look like the bad guy. Uh, I didn't want to look like the bad guy to my church, to my boss, to my work, uh, to supplies, you know, so they would see, like, oh, I'm the victim because she left me. Um, I didn't want to look like the bad person to, like, my parents uh, to Christianity like just as a whole. Like I didn't want to look like the bad person. Like I'm the good person. Like I keep coming home and she's the one that left. And that's the story that I was telling. Uh I covered kind of why didn't I leave? Uh some people asked, like, did I hoover? You know, did I try to get her back? And yeah, I did. It was probably about the first I think she said it's like probably like the first week, second week that she was gone. Um, like I kinda of like laid it on like hot and heavy of like I just want you back, like I love you so much, like all this kind of stuff. And she like shut it down. She was like, no. And she stayed away. Uh, and then the last thing that people normally ask is, like, why does she come back? Like, what made her actually come back? Because the thing that people don't always realize is, like, I was I was getting into the therapy. I think it was, like, EMDR and a couple other things, like, early on. So I had EMDR for about six months and then been in therapy now for 17 months. Like, she left while I was in therapy. Like, it wasn't like I... Had, you know, had no idea or anything like that. No, like there is an aspect, like I knew stuff that was going on, but I was like, I don't even want the marriage. Like, what's the point of this? Like she left when I was still like trying to figure stuff out. Another, another aspect that like played the victim, but a lot of people ask like, why did she come back? And someone actually asked this, I think on a, uh, it was on an interview actually that uh, her and I did with uh, someone else but um someone asked her like why did she actually come back and like she was like when I actually came back it was because how Ben had changed because for me I cut off supply I got to the place where I was in therapy but like actively truthfully engaged in it and then I was working on growing and changing my perspective like actively like on a day-to-day basis and as I look back, I can see, like, changes and changes that happen. But for her, like, looking back, she was like, when I came back, it was, like, night and day difference of how he was treating me, how he was acting, how he was respecting, how he was communicating, you know. And I need to get her on here so she's actually, like, communicating this herself. But, like, she was saying, like, in the interview – or no, she was saying when she was talking to me after the interview, she was like, yeah, like, when I came back, like, you were actually, like, asking me about my day. Like, you were actually, like – interested like communicating and I was like I didn't do that before and she was like uh no like never and so like there's a lot of different things that change that even like sometimes I don't even connect all the dots of everything that I was versus what I am now so a lot of times she still keeps me grounded of hey no this is actually how you treated me this is actually what happened and so there's a lot of that that's still in progress and still growing and still learning and still changing in therapy every single week We have stuff that I work on it every single day to kind of keep me grounded to kind of work through that and now that we've been in therapy for multiple multiple years she's been about three plus years I've been going on about a year and a half that we've both been in therapy we started doing like couples therapy because we're like hey like the ground the groundwork is there now let's try to start to build more of a foundation between the two of us Side note, if you're with a narcissist, I don't recommend you start off with couples counseling ever, period, no matter what. So don't do it. If they need to go to counseling therapy on their own and don't enable them by scheduling it for them. Like, they have to get off their butt and actually do it. Anyways, um, kind of rambled on, but wanted at least to share a little bit. I'm sure I'm probably going to get, like, a lot of comments, a lot of questions, and maybe people are like, ah, you know, coming at me. But it's okay because um, that's why I'm here. So to be, to be raw and to try to motivate people to understand this is what's happened. This is oftentimes what's happening in your relationship. Hopefully you can connect with different things be able to see. If you want to talk sometime, uh, reach out, rawmotivations.com. We'd love to be able to interact with you, try to be able to help your process, your growth, your healing as you continue moving forward to being happy, healthy, and whole. Thanks so much.